right, folks, it is uh, time again now for the General Knowledge Podcast. We are up to episode 22 today. It is Saturday, the 20th of July. Podcast has been going great guns. I've just had a look at the stats before, sitting at about or getting closer to the 6,500 download mark there. So just like to keep folks updated on to, on to how it's actually going. So we aren't doing this in vain. Today I am, of course, joined with uh, brother-in-arms here, Ethan Nash of TOTT News. Ethan, how's it going, brother? Good, mate. Good to be here, General. Um, looking forward to another good episode. Plenty to discuss. Oh, it's heaps. all happening, mate. Yeah, man. Well, we, couldn't, we couldn't secure Andy for, for three in a row. I had, I, had, I had money on the trifecta, mate, but I've lost that one. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. The odds were good on that one. I, was, I thought we were going to pull through, mate. Same, same. But tell you what, he's got a good excuse. And this this is for you, Andy. Ready? Here we go. Uh, I opened a beer for Andy. It's his birthday today. So happy birthday, Andy. Hear <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my little uh, poppers and sounds in the background there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, mate. I'll fix it up in post edit. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, too easy. <laughs> oh, Andy, Andy turning. What is he turning? 124, I think, today. So he's pretty good for his age. Uh, actually, I don't even know how old he is. He's doing well, though. He's kicking along. He's He's got his freaking fingers in all the pies. He's got, he's got you know, so much going on in his life, and he's uh, he's doing well. Happy birthday, Andy. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday, mate. Mm. He'll listen back to this fondly, of course. He's a little. His brothers from TOT and RNA, just loving it, (laughs) carrying the torch on his behalf. (laughs) Uh, It's all good. Now, you're right, man. We've got heaps to talk about on today's episode. A lot happened over, I think, roughly three weeks since we recorded last time. Um, So, uh, I published one today. We'll go over that a little bit later on. Um, But as folks who have listened to uh, the last episode, episode 21... We did cover a little bit about uh, the fluoride stuff that was happening, and I wanted to sort of get, basically get straight into it uh, for this one, uh, Ethan, because uh, as we know, the government has now thought, well, with all the shit happening, and this, um, this uh, what's his name, the Robertson fella, uh, I've got the notes just here, where are we, Tim Robertson, SC, who's been sort of looking into this loophole with regards to the fluoride issue uh, in our water supplies. Now, I think that sort of scared the government a bit because they've gone and now excluded fluoride uh, as a therapeutic good in the Therapeutic Goods Act. Is that correct, Ethan? Uh, yes. Yes, right. General. It's um, They've acted very quick on that. They did. And uh, so you put up an article and that published uh, on uh, the 16th, so about four days ago, uh, which I think you had sort of ready to go earlier and you've sort of published it and scheduled it to be online and then in that time frame <laughs> the government has gone and acted so you've had to make a little edit to this uh, as well which is good i'm glad you're on the ball there as with uh, with that as well but um so yeah like i said before so the government has now excluded fluoride as a therapeutic good from the therapeutic goods act that's that is mm. right, isn't it? Now, why why have they done this? What's what's your thoughts on this? Before we go through your article, I'll just get your your thoughts on this first. Yeah, well, um, it, it, it's very interesting, isn't it, General? And mm. and one of the first things that popped up to me was how quickly they they acted, right? So as as you mentioned, we we discussed this on the July first podcast yep. um, that we recorded, and. So not not long after that, I had um, just done up a quick article on it. I wanted to explore more details about what it was about. I thought the ABC article was a bit vague and didn't really, like it was trying to cover up 
mm. and not let it get out a bit. So I thought that, um, I'd go in and, and have a look at it. So I had that all scheduled, not thinking um, that something would happen as quick as it did. But once once the article was published, had a couple of great readers send through um, a couple of tips to me saying that they've now amended the Therapeutics Goods Act to exclude um, fluoridated water from it. And I just thought, wow, they sure have acted quick on that one, haven't they? And um, once you realise the loophole that was exposed, you start to understand, well, Yes, it's, it is understandable why they would act so quick on it because it did leave them exposed. It mm. left them exposed for their council programs and, and it's no surprise that they have, they've put their tail between their legs and, and have, have gone into damage control, General. Yeah, um, and, and, now, and that's what we're seeing here, mate. Absolutely. And bef- before we sort of go into a little bit more detail with that, so like to me, it just, it just reeks absolutely reeks of this, like I said in our little chat thing that we have, it reeks of an Orwellian doublespeak because what they're saying is that fluoridated water is therapeutic against dental caries or cavities, but dental caries they call it, while also saying that it's not a therapeutic good under the Therapeutic Goods Act. You know what I mean? Like Mm. they're they're saying, yes, it's therapeutically good for you to have it, but it's not a therapeutic good. Like, come on. Like that is absolute doublespeak. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's straight out of Orwell's 1984. It does my head in. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You're completely right, like, General. That was the they can't have it both thing. ways. <laughs> no, you can't. And then and the, the, we've seen this time and time again from the mainstream media, the government. They tell you one narrative while they tell you another. Both contradict each other. And now what we're seeing is they almost had to do this, General, in my estimation. Well, because I think they it, painted it, themselves into a corner. Yeah, exactly. They almost had to make it so broad that it would be hard to be attacked because, as we mentioned on the last podcast, my thoughts were that even if it does get in- included or excluded or there's class action, they've they've still backed themselves into a corner by um, getting Tim Robinson, this council, to, to do a review of, of their fluoridated programs because, as you said, General, like, I'm not a legal expert, but somehow there should be some form of loophole in this legislation where, as you said, they're telling us it's a therapeutic good um, while excluding it from the act. They're saying that fluoridated water, you know, is 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 good for yeah, us and all this type of stuff. They're saying it's therapeutically good. Like, yeah, that's almost their exactly. own words. Yeah, exactly. They're saying it's a therapeutic good, but it's being excluded from the act. Now, surely somewhere out there, there's some form of law or some sort of avenue to attack them on this, because. My estimation was, and they've actually done a great job to to get around this, I thought that they would actually include it. So then we could go the loophole of saying, well, hang on a minute, what you're saying is fluoridated um, reticulated water is actually hydrofluoric acid and all this type of stuff, but they've actually excluded it. So now... You've got to look at other ways um, that we can address this, but they've they've really done a good job, General, of, of covering their tracks on this one. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, in the show notes from last um, last show, we did put in some links to the Firewater uh, documentary, which was regards to the fluoride and fluoridated water in our um, in our councils and so forth, uh, and also the other one with "Don't look, won't find." Um, so you know. Again, saying that if they're not looking for problems with fluoride, they're not going to find them. Uh, hence, they mm. can then say it's safe and effective because they haven't actually done the research. So we covered that a fair bit in the last one and pointed out the hypocrisy and all that sort of shit with it. But um, yeah, with like yeah, in the article you've got here, like we've got this lawyer has basically exposed that loophole, like loophole, like we were talking about, saying that well, you've got this substance. 
you're saying it's fluoride. It's technically not fluoride. Um, and for those who aren't sort of familiar with it, um, you need to sort of go back and watch some of these documentaries I just spoke about because I'll explain it all to you there and where it actually comes from. Just for quick reference, um, m- much of it comes from as a waste byproduct of the phosphate mining industry. Um, a lot of ours also, so a lot of it comes from within Australia, they do it. And a lot of it also comes from, uh, for us here in Queensland, most of our fluorite, I say fluorite in, in, you know, in speech quotes, quotation marks, yeah. there, um, <laughs> comes from, from China. It actually comes from uh, their aluminium and, um, um, and phosphate industries in China. And they get rid of their waste byproduct by selling it back to us as a product. Uh, and then they, we then add that uh, to our water supplies um, when it is, in fact, an, an industrial toxic waste byproduct. Um, so that's that's where fluoride comes from, folks. So just so you can get your head around it. Don't think fluoride like what's in your toothpaste. It's completely different. Uh, that is, that's sodium fluoride, which has been uh, going through a different process altogether to create that product to be added to your toothpaste. Um, more, yeah. a lot, yeah, more than likely what's added to our water supply is either hexa or hydrofluorosilicic acid. So that's the actual product itself. So not fluoride. Um, so yeah, so now we've got this loophole where it exposes the fact that um, we've got this substance known as fluoride, which is being added, like you said, to our reticulated uh, drinking water supplies via our cancels. And the Therapeutic Goods Administration never had this on their list as a therapeutic good in australia so mm-hmm. they couldn't they technically didn't have it on there um just just like any other therapeutic good that we have you know um give me another example ethan maybe like paracetamol or something you know like it's class as a therapeutic good i guess um you know, it has to be registered yeah. as a product whereas yeah. they didn't have that and yet they are technically using it as a therapeutic good because they're their so-called science behind it is that it it prevents and helps prevent tooth decay and prevents it, dental caries uh, exactly. among other things that they say it's good for us for like teeth and bones and all that sort of shit which is an absolute farce but we won't go into that part of it so mm. they're using it like that but now folks the tga has now said because of well they've seen that this loophole has been exposed so they've gone well two options well actually technically three options ignore it altogether and hope it goes away which they haven't done Two is to include it on that list, which they quickly did not do. The third option was to ex- was to say, to actually on the record exclude it from the Therapeutic Goods Act, as in the amended. They've amended the actual act, the law of the Therapeutic Goods Act, to exclude <laughs> um, fluoride from reticulated drinking water as a therapeutic good. So, yeah, our point of view is that that opens up another whole can of worms because. Why then are they still adding it if it's not a therapeutic good? And yet they're telling us it's therapeutic good for us. So um, let's go through your article a bit more um, here, Ethan. If yeah. you wouldn't mind, you want to take it from uh, or take it from wherever you want, mate. So this one's on yeah. uh, on TOTT News, titled "New Legal Advice Exposes Fluoridation Program." So yeah, take it away, brother. Yeah, absolutely, General. And and I thought I'd um, get this out there, um, regardless of the. Obviously, the changes just because it was great information there. But essentially, um, as you mentioned, what Tim Robinson um, SC was doing was he exposed this loophole, and and the way that he um, explored this was he he took a look at um, the prevailing nature of federal laws over state laws, which are underpinned by the Constitution of Australia. So he said, Section One Hundred Nine. This is a quote from his recommendation, a forty-three recommend. Um, 43 43 page recommendation to Port Macquarie Hastings Council 
And he said, quote, Section 109 of the Constitution operates as a and the Therapeutic Goods Act prevails to the extent that the Fluoridation Act is invalid. Fluoridated water is an unregistered therapeutic good under the TG Act. The TG Act binds council. Its supply of fluoridated water is in breach of the Act until fluoridated water is registered as a therapeutic good or excluded from the TG Act. And this is where I think um, is the underlying reason as to why they were so quick to change this general. He went on to say council is exposed to both civil and criminal liabilities. Mm. End quote. So mm. that would that that's a whole area that they did not want to address, and we've now seen this with how quick and swift they are to change this law. But it was a it was a fantastic thing that um, Robertson explored here. What he was saying was, well, under the Constitution, federal law over it trumps state law. So even though you've got state legislation such as the New South Wales um, Fluoridation Act mm -hmm. that says that you need to fluoridate water, that it's mandated, obviously we don't have that in Queensland, we've got rid of that state legislation yeah. to say that, but other states also, um, they still do have that. So yeah, Victoria is what the same, saying, I'm pretty sure. Exactly. Most, most of the country still is um, under state laws mm. which require councils to do that. But what he's saying is federal law, that being the Therapeutics Good Act, over it trumps it. It trumps it because it's a federal yep. law. And until you include that or exclude that from the act, the fluoridation acts are invalid. So this was a bombshell that was released. And um, the councils confirmed that they would be actioning with federal and state bodies. But Man, they got that through quick. So that that's essentially the the background of of the story of of what happens here. I obviously, go on in the article to talk about some of the the dangers of um, fluoride in Australia. Some of the studies that have been linked to um, things like reduced IQ in humans, um, other yeah, effects, a whole host you know, of um, negative side yeah, effects. Yeah, absolutely. We've spoken about you know bones, brains, kidneys, thyroids, fluorosis, all this type of stuff that we've spoken about before. So all that there was in the article, but um, as we've mentioned, they've they've got on board to to do this, and I've reached out to a couple of um, groups to see what their comments are on this, and and a lot of them are confident, even though they're not necessarily aware of how to do it. They've they've sort of got the same vibe that we do, general. Whereas this this has left them all open. They've they've done a great job of of avoiding putting it on the act, which would then allow us to say, well, hang on a minute. You know, byproducts of mining industries are not a um, therapeutic good, you know, so we could go that way. But now they've excluded it and and, and we've got to see which way we can take it. But yeah. the, the main thing to take from this, General, is they are against the ropes and they are they are getting scared by things like this. And, and as long as people keep looking, like how long has, have these laws been in place and, and only have been found now? Who knows what other loopholes could be out there? Yeah, true. You know what, I mean? what I'm still trying to get my head around, though, and... Look, I'm probably not alone with this, so let's try and flesh this out a little bit more, even just for purely for my understanding. But, like, okay, so they've gone down the road, and this, 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 I still don't, I don't get. They've gone down the road of excluding it from the act. I would have thought, and I think you share the same feelings, is that why wouldn't they have gone down the road of putting it on the act and going, no, 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 look, 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 we've got it in there now, it's safe, we can use it, blah, 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 we're, we're good to go. You know what I mean? Why go down the act of saying, fuck, let's take this, let's make sure we specifically exclude it from the Therapeutic Goods Act 
to clearly state that, no, it's not a therapeutic good and we don't intend to use it as a therapeutic good, even though we're using it as a therapeutic good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just, it, it makes, to me, it makes no sense that they went down the road of specifically excluding it from the Therapeutic Goods Act. Um, so I, I still can't get my head around why they would have done that. So that that's still that to me says that they've got and they've got something else up their sleeve. Like they've gone, oh, we have we have to exclude this. Like they've got their they've sought their own perhaps legal advice and gone, no, we need to get this this stuff excluded as quickly as possible. And yeah, like we talked about in the last podcast too, is that I don't recall hearing about this going through the Senate to be changed as an amendment. This seemed to have just gone straight to whoever. Um, I can't remember who exactly it was, but it was like two, like two, the head of the TGA and and one politician, and then they've they've approved the amendment to the act. Like, is am I wrong? Did that go? Did this go through the Senate to be changed, and, and was a vote passed for this? You know what I mean? Did you hear anything about yeah. that? Yeah, well, no, I can't see. I haven't seen anything on the the Federal Register of Legislation page. Yeah, um, so yeah, no, I can't. Normally, you do have those, you know, those periods where it's submitted and whatnot. I'm not sure if it's the same for for amendments. Um, mm. Sometimes I think they might be able to just be changed quick snap. Um, well, see, that, that, yeah, that's I'm not the whole sure. can of worms there too. <laughs> exactly. It, it's just this whole thing. It just reeks of suspiciousness. And and, and yeah, going back absolutely. to your point, point there, General. Like I think they've excluded it because this covers them for now. And what I mean is legally on this end, the legislative end, this covers all of their basis because if they included it, what would happen then is um, campaigners would then be able to say, well, what you've classified as the inclusion is not actually what the product is and they could they could attack it from that way. Whereas now if it's excluded, it, it just all it does is just bypass this loophole that has been established. It's, it it part bypasses the loophole by saying, well, fluoridated, fluorid, fluoride and, and fluoridated drinking water is excluded. It's officially excluded from the act. Therefore, the federal laws don't trump the state laws. Therefore, the state laws work. But where they've left themselves open is the fact that they're still claiming that they're treating it as a therapeutic good, even though now it's officially been excluded from the act. Mm. That's where they've left themselves open. Mm. But what they've done with this is cover just the basis on this loophole. That's what I think has happened here, yeah, General. That sounds I, right I think to me. That does sound yeah, right they've me. just they've just covered their ass the best they can, but and they're hoping that people don't understand that this has left them open in, in potentially a bigger way. By, yeah. say, by, by all the propaganda from the health department saying that this is beneficial for your teeth, that this is a, a beneficial thing for your health, well, now health it's measure. been excluded. Now it's been excluded. So mm. how are they going to get around that? You know, yeah. And I'm not a lawyer, but I, I, I just feel that there's some way into that. But in terms of this loophole, I feel that they've done this to completely close that shut because yeah, short, short there's not a gain, way around. Yeah, short term gain they've gone for. And it's it's the next administration's problem. That's what I. That's what it looks like. Yeah. It, as typical uh, government situation as it is, you know, we'll we'll just yeah. fix it for ourselves you now while we're in power, and then when we fuck off, they can deal with it down the road. You know, like <laughs> that's what it seems yeah. like to me. <laughs> um, but I, I still don't get why they wouldn't like say, for example, if they did go down the avenue of adding it, and they and they went and said yes. Fluoride is now a therapeutic good, and we use fluoridated water as a therapeutic good as well. Surely they would have just perhaps added a little caveat in that legislation or in the act that's, that just says, you know, uh, um, 
FYI, fluoride in this example, the definition is this. And then they'll just put in hydro or hexafluorosilicic acid, you know, and they'll just put some, whatever they're using as the product. They'll just put that in and say, this is what we mean when we say fluoride. You know what I mean? That's what oh, I'm wondering why they just didn't do that. You know, yeah, well, that, um, well, that's interesting. But when you think about it, then they would have to admit what it is officially, if that makes that's sense. True. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? That's true like normally, well. normally the health departments try to, you know, they almost con us into believing, as you've mentioned, General, it's the same as, as natural spring fluorides. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, this like is, calcium fluoride that's in groundwater. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is what they've sort of convinced us to believe is fluoride. So if they did include it, it, it opens a whole avenue. So the, the veil because, would be lifted, basically. Exactly, because then they would have to say, they would either have to just put fluoridated um, reticulated drinking water, which then you could attack and say, well, it's not just fluoride. It's not natural spring fluoride. It's all these chemicals. It's or clean, they would actually purified. have to list the chemicals and byproducts. Mm, yeah, that no, that's true. So I like it. Okay. If, I think they've just done this just to, to, to cover their ass and they hope that people like us aren't having chats about um, the other door that's been left open. Mm. But um, I think these are just my thoughts. I don't know what they've done or why they've done it, but it seems that, that this is the best sort of explanation as to why because either way, not leaving it on there or including, I can just see big legal ramifications, whereas now they don't really have to, to prove anything, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, have you got a link to the documentaries on your, um, article as well? I can't remember. Yep. Yep. So yeah, um, you do. there got... it is yeah, at the bottom. Okay, cool. Yeah. So for yeah, folks, bottom, for yeah. folks listening, yeah, you can jump over to tottnews.com, go to this article and at the bottom, um, just under the picture for the Harvard link there, you'll see he's got two links for those documentaries, which you can watch one called firewater, Australia's industrial fluoridation disgrace and don't look won't find, which is with regards to uh fluoridation as well so um yeah urging everyone to go and check those out so you can really get your head around what we're talking about here with regards to fluoridation um because it is not uh yeah it's not safe it's not good for you anyway so watch this space yeah so we're gonna yeah we will keep an eye on this one absolutely we'll bring you as much information as we know when it comes to hand um yeah so please please do keep an eye out for it because this is a huge thing this is a major thing uh, and this could be a could really be a big a big victory for us. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've sort of changed my stance now, Ethan. Thank you. I'm looking a little bit more on the positive side of this one. I was still still a little bit uh, pessimistic as regards to this because, um, you know, just, I know their history. I know what they're like. They wiggle their way out of everything. But if we can just keep the pressure up on them, uh, we should have them on this one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. I agree. Um, speaking of keeping up the pressure on them, Let's move over hey. to, um, hey, hey, segue. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so again, dealing with uh, the government in terms now of a local cancel, um, July 19, so just yesterday, Ethan's put up this one here, cancel backs residents against Telstra installations. Um, so this is now, obviously, we're still covering the whole 5G topic, folks. This is ongoing. This is a major thing that is uh, still being rolled out, still being pushed on us, again, with our public consultation um, Although this could very well be what we're talking about right now is that the council and the local residents in certain areas want um, this consultation. They want their say and they want to have these big corporations like Telstra listening to them when they're saying, you know, we're not happy with this. So let's go through this one now with regards to um, this, the 5G rollout and the, the, the dangers of electromagnetic radiation. Uh, take it away, brother. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Thanks, General. And um, yeah, so this was published uh, yesterday on TOTTnews.com. Um, it was a spotlight article um, just to highlight, you know, what's going on around the country. And I thought that this was was a fantastic, um, a fantastic thing to come out of the news this week, obviously following on from what we've spoken about on previous episodes, General, where Telstra are really up against the ropes, um, especially after being formally warned by the Australian Communications and Media Authority about their small cell infrastructure um, distribution and their installation of these towers everywhere. Um, they've been formally warned because they didn't consult the community. And as we've seen over the past month or so, um, you know, groups all across the country have been working. And this is one of the first um, key results in this battle against 5G in Australia. So I'll just read out the little intro here. I wrote, Sutherland Shire Council, so that's down near St. George, okay. um, is making a last-ditch effort to stop Telstra mobile phone installations going ahead at Lilypilly, Karela and Engadine. Engadine, yeah. A council meeting held earlier this week approved an appeal against Telstra mounting small cell installations on community infrastructure. So what's happened is councillors have met this week with residents from three suburbs and what they've been doing has been fighting against Telstra's um, installation of what are small cell boxes. So 5G, if you're aware of it, one of the things that's going to make it so fast is it will have the main tower installations, but then we're going to get small cell boxes, you know, almost every yeah, 200, littered, 300 metres. Littered around our, our communities. Absolutely. Little white boxes everywhere. So this is what the small cells are. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously um, they're being installed all across the country. So in this area, um, a meeting um, was organised by Lily Pilly residents on Sunday and it was actually attended by about 120 people. Um, and there was other people from Sydney that sort of had travelled around the area. Now, Barrister Ray Broomhall, who has been obviously on the front end of this all across the country, talking about legal rights, class actions against councils and governments against 5G, he was there. Um, and Lynn McLean, the head of EMR Australia, who um, republished our... Uh, tower location video um, uh, article, sorry, talking about all of the 5G towers, which was a great thing. Got a yep. lot of people coming to the website to check it out, which thank you to Lynn if you're listening. But they were both there and they spoke about residents' legal rights and health rights from the infrastructure. And obviously what has happened is um, Councillor Kent Jones, he moved the main motion um, and he um, spoke of concern from the community in regards to Telstra base stations in Lilypilly Point Road specifically. So what has happened from all of this is the government, or the council rather, they're not technically government, <laughs> as we've exposed yeah. on other episodes. Yeah. But in, in this in this case, council has, has done something good for a change and um, they've actually voted to approve an appeal by these residents in the area. Um, and what's going to happen is... A council meeting has been scheduled at the Sutherland Entertainment Centre to where Telstra and other telcos will be invited to discuss in a big community forum. So that's what's happening down around the St. George area, around a couple of suburbs down there. And General, I thought this was fantastic. I thought this was a great positive step um, that has, has come out. And there's really been some significant backlash against Telstra all across the country. And I'm also watching another 
there's another community um, meeting somewhere. I can't remember where it was that I'm, I'm also keeping an eye on where another council is actually stopping. They're looking to stop Telstra expanding um, uh, by developing just infrastructure on another pole. Um, so they're actually starting to stop the towers now. So all over the country, people uh, are beginning to fight back against this. And, and this is really the first sign of, of success that we've seen, um, obviously, here in Australia since 5G was announced to be rolled out next year. So very fantastic stuff, General. I'll throw it back to you just to get your thoughts on it, mate. Did you see this? What are your thoughts? And, and obviously, not an entire victory, but definitely... A, a step in a positive direction forward, mate. Yeah, and it's good that we highlight these little steps too because it does show people that this can be done. We're not helpless um, mm. and we just need to band together and stand up to this sort of stuff. And remember, I think I spoke about it on a previous episode as well too with regards to um, councils and the way they see the public and deal with the public. I think they, I refer to it as the rule of 20 or something. So that if, you know, if one person complains about something, they've considered that, that 20 people have complained. So if you've got 120 people turning up to this event, they're looking at that going that there's nearly 2,500 people there. You know what I mean? That's the way they see it um, in their yep. eyes. So they don't just see a small little group of 120 people. They think, wow, this is this is just 120 people that have gotten off their asses and turned up for this. You know, there's yep. still a couple of, you know, still thousands of people that are, agree with this, just maybe couldn't get here tonight or whatnot you know life gets in the way so to speak um so that's another thing people need to remember too you know you might see things like yeah only a hundred odd people there ah, it's nothing no no it means there's a lot more people who are actually yeah like i said multiply that by 20 and you've got your real numbers um or a more accurate number i should say but it's good yeah i mean um this is like i said this is what we need to be doing this doesn't this needs to happen um you know little towns little little community groups all over the place you know um People need to be familiar with who their little local representatives are. Go and have a chat to them. Go and give them some information. Tell them, tell them, yeah, we're organising a town meeting with regards to this, and um, it's happening on this date. And then they have to be there. You know what I mean? They're representatives, so they've got to turn up to this sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, this is what these residents of these little suburbs have done, and uh, look at what they've achieved so far. Not a, it's not a massive win, but I mean, it's a small win nonetheless. And small, the small wins add up. You know. Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. They just got to keep pushing. That's the only exactly. thing, that's the well, only thing we can do. It's also I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's the only thing we can do. We can't literally go down ripping down these towers, um, you know, because that breaks federal laws and things. But we can say with it, um, we demand that they take them down or that they don't put them up in the first place because that now is um, that will then be a law as well. well. You know, the council and the laws have spoken. You can't put this up here. Oh well, they've got to go somewhere else and, and put up their their towers of radiation. So um, yeah, that's the avenue. That's really the only avenue left we've got, I guess, to uh, to take action on this absolutely mate and then look at the message that it sends to telstra you know like as you said it might not be a, an overall victory but they still have to go to the sutherland entertainment center send representatives down there they still have to have a public debate there could you imagine if this happened all around the country how many councils are around the country you know what i mean mm. telstra surely wouldn't even have enough staff to send representatives around if, if everyone started well, getting... Considering, you know. they, considering they outsource everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have, we'll have exactly. a representative from um, from India come in via Skype, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly right. It'd just be a, a nightmare. So, yeah, I, you know... This is um this is a great um step in the in the right direction and as I said there's another story that um you know I'll update everyone on once I've 
um, got more details on it, but um, councils are also in other areas. They're, they're starting to listen to people. And there was a quote that come out of this that said, quote, we acknowledge that some people are genuinely concerned about the possible health effects from electromagnetic energy, and we are committed to addressing those concerns responsibly, end quote. And that's all we ask. That's all is required of represented officials in the community. You know what I mean? And, mm. and, and to the fact that it's, it's taking councils who are like the bottom run of all of this, you know what I mean? They're not even elected officials in most cases, but the fact that they're getting behind us, it says a lot about our state and federal governments and, and, and really whose side that they stand on because we've seen time and time again, they're not in favour of the people, but maybe... As, as bad as councils can be and as bad as, as much as we've spoken about councils in, in the past, maybe councils are, are a way to get in to this, this debate and to, to cause, you know, to, to implement serious change across the country. So this is a great, a great step forward and, and, and that's all available at tottnews.com if everyone wants to go check that out for themselves, yeah. mate. I'd like to see some of these, um, you know, industry leaders come out and say oh no look look um even even our panzer says um that this stuff's okay because then you know someone who's informative can then stand up and go well technically our panzer has actually said that they haven't looked for any problems so that's why they haven't found any problems you know what i mean like <laughs> and then sort of yeah. highlight that in front of everyone and go yeah you just shot yourself in the foot fuck with <laughs> that's exactly yeah, that's the sort of thing we need to have we need to arm and that's what you and i are doing we're sort of passing this information along arming you guys with the information so that these community action groups can take place and they say well look yeah here's this information bang 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 this is what this is what it really means and then, you know, try and hear the rebuttal from them and watch them sit there and stammer and spit all over the place because they don't know how to answer it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and that, and that's a lot more effective than just sending an email and getting a blank response absolutely. from a counsellor. Just blah, blah, blah. We've done the studies. Here are links to our Panther websites. Thank you. Have a good day. Mm. Well, it's, it's a lot different if you, you have to come to an entertainment centre and be grilled by local residents, have to be judged by local councillors. It's a completely different ball game. So, yeah, and as you said, we put this up so people can not just take the information in but get inspired, you know what I mean? Get mm. inspired that the actions are happening across the country and if you're concerned you can make a difference in the community. And the more the more progress that's made, the more that we will cover it, the more that we will give exposure so that more people around the country know that this is happening. So well done to everyone down in the St. George area down there. Very great. Yeah, it's good to see. Speaking of um, things south of the border as well, mate, we've got um, down in Sydney, they're, uh, they're trying to roll out this new facial recognition stuff for the, their, their transport network down there so um i think a few days ago as well you've put up another one uh over at tott news facial recognition set for sydney transport network now um i'm gonna tie in another one uh, after you go through your bit on this one because um we've, we've covered this before we talk about you know biometric data and biometric um information that uh that they're collecting the government is collecting that um, big tech companies are collecting uh and this is now pushing on further and further and here's another example of that so um i'll get you to take us through uh through this side over here mate this is um like i said put up on your site uh, on july 14th mate so this is with regards to more of this biometric data gathering um yeah yes i'll hand it over to you bro 
Yeah, no, thanks for that, General. And yes, more of the the biometric dystopia, as I've liked to coin it, um, is expanding here in Australia. And this is a topic that um, I've covered for a number of years now, this this push for, for biometrics in public transport, airports, the public sphere here in Australia. And this is yet another step, the most recent step um, in this expansion. So as you mentioned, it's titled Sydney Trans- uh, Facial Recognition Set for Sydney Transport Network. So this is um, the, the title of the article. And what we see here, I'll just read out the, the first couple of paragraphs here. It says, quote, The New South Wales government has revealed plans to roll out facial recognition technology across the public transport network as an alternative to Opal cards. The announcement follows similar moves in Queensland, where the same company responsible for tap-and-go technology is incorporating biometric identification into train and bus systems. So this was one that I published on tottnews.com on the 14th of July. And essentially what is happening is facial recognition uh, has been hinted to be used to replace swipe cards. So if, if if you catch public transport around the country, whether it's in Queensland with your Go card, in New South Wales with your Opal card, wherever you may be, um, you know, in Melbourne with your MyKey card, whatever it is, the the new way to catch public transport has been tap-and-go technology for a while now. And this was actually the first step towards more efficient, more effective biometric measures. So what's happening is the New South Wales government, more specifically the New South Wales Transport Minister Andrew Constance, he confirmed the plans in a speech at the Sydney Institute on uh, Tuesday night. So that would have been uh, last Tuesday, um, the, the Tuesday before that. So a couple of weeks ago, this has been confirmed. And what the minister said is he expects commuters to use, quote, frictionless transport payments in the, quote, not too distant future. And here's what he went to say at the speech. He said, quote, in the transport space, we'll use facial recognition technology to scan customers who have opted in and linked their Opal account. No more gate barriers, just a smooth journey, end quote. And he goes on again to float the possibility of biometric recognition where people can be identified using other markers. So, quote, Digital identity verification will eventually be integrated with biometric recognition. This will read someone's face, retina, breath, or voice to enable next-level authorization and access. Think truly contactless payments, entry to buildings, onto planes, at banks and hotels, end quote. So this is the New South Wales Transport Minister confirming that facial recognition and more advanced biometric measures will be coming to Sydney Transport. Now, there was a couple of things here. The first thing he said was that this would be an opt-in system. And and what um, Justin Warren, who is a member of Electronic Frontiers Australia, he said, he said that he would see, so what they want to do is make this an opt-in system, which will eventually become an opt-out system, just like the My Health record. Mm. And what he's saying is it's going to be difficult to see how an opt-out system works when everyone will be using the transport system. 
So that's the first loophole that um, has come uh, from this. And the second one has been obviously just what he's talking about in, in terms of detecting your breath, your voice, all of these next level um, yeah, things that that are really just beyond what has traditionally been known as contactless payment. So this has all been announced um, in, as he said, in the not too distant future. And in general, before I throw to you, mate, I just wanted to mention this is following on from plans that were announced in 2017, which we covered on TOTTnews.com for similar moves in Queensland as well. So some readers of the website may recall that this was announced in 2017 that facial recognition trials would be held at Roma Street Station because in advancements to eventually replace uh, go-cards with facial recognition. So you scan your face, you get on the train, everything is all good. Well, Queensland are currently in process of this. They've actually just launched the Payless um, method, which is the first step of a two-step tier plan that was released on this. And, and what we're doing now in Queensland is if you want to pay for the train, trials will be run where you can just scan your, your credit card, you can scan your Apple Pay, you can scan your watch, whatever has a wallet on it instead of just a traditional cart. And, and, and what they're saying is that's going to add more convenience to your trip. It's going to make things better for you. And it's going to be the first step towards facial recognition. So this is happening all over the country. And now Sydney is involved in it. And, and Cubic Corporation, get this, are the ones responsible for both states. A division of Cubic Corporation, which is an international company called Cubic Transportation, they are the ones that initially developed the tap-and-go technology, and they are going to be the ones that are going to develop the incoming facial recognition technology. So that's all there in an article for everyone to go have a look at at tottnews.com. Sydney set to introduce facial recognition and if it goes anything from what we've seen in Queensland, it's going to be a two-tier uh, step where first it's going to be convenience and then next it's going to be the elimination of, of paying altogether, mate. So, General, I'll throw back to you now. Um, have you had a chance to have a look at this article? And, and again, mate, just another step in the road to what I've coined um, a biometric dystopia approaching in this country by the seams of it. Yeah, look, absolutely. And then you said it just before too. We've spoken about it again. It's all about you know, selling it to us under the guise of convenience, convenient for us or convenient for them. You know what I mean? Like that's we've mentioned this so many times, and um, they sell it to us on the convenience that it's going to make things so much easier and smoother just to walk on a bus or a plane or a train. Big fucking deal, seriously. I mean, look, an argument could be made that yes, paying a bus driver, having a bus driver handling cash, coins whatnot you know like i understand that yes that did take time um yeah you get more buses flowing through if you don't haven't got a driver counting money rah, 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 you know um mm. yeah so a, a, a case could be made to yes let's just let's just have credit on a card let's tap it and away you go beeps you're on beeps you're on you get the red light no nope, you haven't got enough whatever sorry no no ride for you um to me, that that's that seems very convenient, and, and yes, I understand you. Know, it eliminates it, makes things faster. I, I think they could have just stopped it there. 
To me, yeah. why are they going now on to... Why do we need this facial recognition? Why do we need to have palm vein scanning technology, you know, to to scan <laughs> the veins in our palm to walk onto a train or a bus or something? Like, no, no, we don't need this. We don't need this. They want this. They want this because it's all part of their this full-spectrum surveillance and biometric data um, hoarding is what I would refer to it as. It, and it is. It's a dystopia, a biometric dystopia. It's not there mm. for us. It is there for the for them and their, I guess, the more convenient management of us as a population. Um, you know, because they need to have every little single bit of data uh, that they can have on us, and the track and trace system is is in place and it's getting stronger, and the the technology is getting uh, more advanced, and uh, we're now seeing that because tap and go to me hasn't been around for. For such a long time, it seems like maybe what tw- no. maybe fifteen years, um, twenty if years, that. maybe. Um, yeah, I guess. You know, not even two decades. Let's just say that. And and mm-hmm. now they're rolling up to the next thing already. I mean, far out. Like I understand phones. You know, the technology with our mobile phones goes very quickly. You know, we've you don't even have buttons on phones these days anymore. You just you just look at the damn thing and it opens up on you, <laughs> which I which I don't like because yes, it's more biometric scanning that they're doing on you. Mm. Um, we've, we've spoken about that before, but yeah, mate, this is, it's harrowing times. Uh, I don't like where this is headed. Um, and again, if they're, they're selling it to you on the convenience, it's that it's convenient for us and that it's not about convenience for us. It's about convenience in their overall management of society. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, General. And and, and you mentioned that. It, it is all about convenience. And we were talking about digital licenses on one of our first episodes here on the podcast. And and, and mm-hmm. isn't that just the exact same thing? You know, how long ago were were these new licenses introduced in, into Queensland? And now we're just completely going into to digital digital realms. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just a swift increase. And, and the increase has nothing to do with making your life easier it has to do with you know some c- continuing their agenda to obviously impose more surveillance get your biometric data and do whatever they can with it and will do with it and this is this is a real concern and, and the way that they say it's going to work because general this is all over the world at the moment this isn't just a new thing being introduced in australia it's already over the world and what the transport minister said is he he actually compared the capabilities to Amazon Go stores, and this is what it's going to be like. Yeah, so and that. if you know if you know Amazon Go stores, what happens is you simply walk into the store. They've got all of your facial recognition and biometric data stored within their cameras, within their systems behind the scenes. So you walk into a store, you fill up your basket, and as you're walking out the door, it scans your face and charges to your wallet. That's what happens in in a lot of of places all over the world right now you don't even need staff there to, to pay for things because you just walk in pick your stuff up and walk straight out the door like it's nothing because in advanced biometric capabilities are already scanning you to know exactly who you are without even any interaction with any of amazon staff and this is what the new south wales transport minister said this facial rec- recognition system will be like so you will just walk onto the train, you'll walk off this train, it'll scan your face, no cards, nothing. This is what's coming and and it, and it's been announced, you know what I mean? It's gone beyond this conspiracy theory of this future 
technological world that was almost unimaginable to, no, this is coming in right now and the whole world love it. The whole the tech industries love it general because mm. it makes things easier. You know, it, it biometrics is such a key resource. It's it's more valuable than gold now, data across yeah. the world. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this is this is the direction that it's headed. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think yeah. I think they've I reckon that they've cottoned on because obviously they've got their their um you know, they they listen and they they watch social media like a hawk. So when they see us blowing up about RFID chips and you know the mark of the beast, all that sort of stuff, and us, you know, the next step is us getting you know chipped. We're all going to get chipped and stuff. Well, they've heard that, they've heard us whinge about it. They know we've whinged about it. And they know it's, we we wouldn't accept chips under skin. So they've they've just shifted lanes. They've just shifted. They've they've gone around the rock in the stream because that that was the rock in the stream. And now what they've worked out what to do is, well, we don't need to put chips in them. We're just going to scan them. We're going to digitally scan, take all the biometric data, and we'll just use that. That's all they need to track and trace us is is these cameras with these capabilities all around us, not just cameras, but like we said, you know, mapping, you know, um, things like uh, the... Our, our palm and all that sort of stuff, like you said in the article. You know, there's so many different ways they can do it. They're, our breath, you know what I mean? So they're taking things like thermal and, and um, chemical readings from us as well. Um, there's a whole yeah. host of things where they can take this biometric data. So that is the new, that's the new chip under the skin. This biometric dystopia, that's what it is. That is, yeah, that wow. is it's here now. You know what I mean? Like um, the shift has happened. They've gone around the rock and the stream, which is us blowing up about having a chip under the skin and this is the new chip under the skin that's all it is yeah <laughs> yeah well it seems that way that's that's wow that's a very elegant way to put it general because it is it, and it almost seems like they have switched the goalposts because of the backlash against chips you know even even the sheep that are asleep I would suspect, based on all of the movies that they've seen, all of the sci-fi, all of this stuff, that they would be against chips, you know what I mean? So them switching over to to facial recognition, to biometrics, has been a huge thing for 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 police. You know what I mean? Like, I Mm. was... I, I'm a big history fan, and one one of the things I I like to just spend my free time looking at is the the mafias of of the 1950s, 60s, you know, all the way back to the early oh, yeah. 1900s. And there's there's a few mafia bosses today that have spoken about how it would be absolutely impossible to build any type of enterprise like that that ever challenges the government again because of the sheer amount of tech and surveillance. I mean, why well, they are the mafia breakthroughs? Yeah, well, exactly. Government exactly. is and the then, mafia now. Yeah, yeah they've just switched exactly. <laughs> and if you and if you really know, you know, the the mafia was formed, you know, out of resistance to prohibition and some of these mm. government tactics that were that were that were introduced in the United States and other places. So the mafia ain't as ain't as bad as people think it is. In the as you said, general, the real mafia is actually the government. But just that notion of like of of trying to to form an organized unit that's powerful enough that we could go against the government that's impossible today according to to some of the interviews that I've seen because we would not be able to get away with it with the sheer amount of technology that is available through cameras through biometrics it's almost like we are living within a prison planet um, that we just don't know that the bars are around us and 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 as this stuff gets more advanced as AI starts to come in what we're going to see is, is you know, you won't be able to go anywhere without cameras recognising you. And, and it's important to note that this 
is part of a, of a grander scheme we've spoken about, General. We think of national identification databases that have been um, introduced, facial recognition to replace passports at Australian airports, biometrics in schools and workplaces, most warehouses you have to scan in with your fingerprint now. All of this technology is is part of a bigger plan, but this is a key one because right here, millions of people are gonna are gonna be handing their faces over to to this system, mate. Yeah, that's right. Um, now back on uh, February seventh, twenty seventeen, so you know just over two years ago now, uh, I wrote an article called "Track and Trace: The Implementation of Digital Biometrics." And we, we talked, they're, they're very things we just discussed. So we've talked about that in that article as well that I've written. And, you know, we talked about how schools are now doing this, uh, uh, using biometric technology instead of, as a roll call, certain, you know, sort of thing. There's no, no roll call. They just scan in the classroom when they come back in. Um, so yeah. there's all that sort of stuff. Uh, there, there was, I also updated the article to say that there was a, uh, the Moreton Bay Regional Council uh, in southeast Queensland had installed you know, 330 surveillance cameras with dozens more to be rolled out over the coming weeks. So this was two years ago. Um, and these are, this is a surveillance system that not only watches you, but is also listening to you as well. So, um, and it was all mm-hmm. done under the guise of increasing public safety that uh, all of this information is being stored from, from everyone. Uh, and that's now being obviously rolled out more and more. We're seeing now in, in so-called smart cities around the nation. Um, mm. So in the next, um, I guess, article in this series, which I've sort of been going on now, is uh, one that I've put up today, folks, um, titled Track and Trace the Full Spectrum Surveillance via Social Media. Uh, the reason why I wrote this one, folks, is you probably saw on uh, in the news and on probably in your own social media feeds and so forth, people have downloaded this aging app you know, where it makes you look like an old person. Um, I don't know if you've seen this one, Ethan. People have been putting up, even celebrities have been mm. doing it. You know, they're all, everyone's yeah. doing it. Everyone's doing it. Yeah. You've got to do it, mate. Just do it. Everyone's <laughs> doing it. Come on. <laughs> um, and you've got, you know, pictures of these celebrities as old people. But what people haven't realized is that, you know, the, the company uh, that has created this app, according to their user agreement, they now own a never ending, irrevocable, royalty free license to do pretty much anything they want with those photos. Um, so they've got your pictures, they've got your biometric data as well, which they're um, storing via the apps and taking in. Um, so that's pretty scary. So I'll just take um, take the readers through this one if you're if you're all good, and I'll I'll get your thoughts on it in uh, in a bit of a role reversed here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So this one's called uh, Track and Trace Full Spectrum Surveillance by uh, via Social Media. Uh, mobile phone applications are being used to siphon massive amounts of information, including your biometric data, into Big Brother and Big Tech's hands. The notion of Big Brother is watching is rather ubiquitous in society these days and has become part of our online psyche. Before we know it, our kids have email addresses, YouTube accounts, even their own smartphones and tablets. It's pretty much a prerequisite for any kid in high school now to have an online presence or a digital fingerprint. Next is the applications we use on these devices. It's already accepted that big tech probably listens to and sees everything we do with our phones. But then we have specific software developers who create apps which are marketed to be fun and exciting. If you don't download it, you're almost seen as an outcast and will be alienated by your peers. The apps I'm referring to are social media apps. Facebook, Twitter, Google, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, among others. 
what most people aren't aware of is that many are owned by a parent company. For example, Instagram is owned by Facebook. And of course, YouTube is owned by Google. But we are aware that even Google has a parent company. Alphabet Inc. Uh, is the name of the company that owns them. Uh, a lot of people actually don't know that too. I've known that for quite a while, but um, yeah, a lot of people actually don't know that Google is owned by someone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, another shocking fact is that is the ties these big tech companies have to the U.S. government intelligence agencies. Facebook, Google, and Twitter, among many many others, are prime examples. The CIA's venture capital firm InQtel invests and has invested heavily in social in the social media market. Millions and millions of dollars are put into companies to ensure the spy agencies can peek into their back door as well as make allowances so they can soak up hordes of information on the public. Companies like Facebook, for example, use your smartphone to track and trace everything you do. And there's actually a link there uh, to go to their T's and C's and they actually pretty much tell you in their own terms and conditions in their legal, um, legal pages there and privacy policies. Um, about the type of data and uh, that they're soaking up on everyone. So I've got a link to it there. Uh, the calls you make are logged. The messages you send and receive are logged. The photos you take and where you are geographically are logged. And the very cameras and microphones themselves on the devices are used by the social media giants to watch and listen to everything you do and say. So as far as I'm aware, it's not as simple as just downloading the app. You have to actually open the app, create an account, digital fingerprint once again, and agree to the terms and conditions which no one reads. Once you do that, the default settings are set so that the track and trace can begin. And I quote here, who cares about privacy? I haven't done anything wrong, so what have I got to hide? This has got to be one of the most infuriating statements by people who simply don't understand <laughs> what's at stake here. And I hear that so often and people comment saying the same thing so many times when things like, you know, one of the mainstream media outlets puts an article online talking about this privacy. You'll always have someone coming on there saying the exact same thing. Oh, if you mm. don't do anything wrong, you've got nothing to hide. <laughs> oh my God, it infuriates me. So... Uh, I've said here, saying you don't care about privacy because you've got nothing to hide is the same as saying you don't care about free speech because you've got nothing to say. Uh, no one considers the future. Too many are living in the now and going with the flow. Not a terrible way to live, but this apathetic view to life ultimately uh, is ultimately what's dragging society further into the muck. What happens when the day comes when you do have something to say or something to hide? The coming technocratic agenda and the age of the IOT, sorry, the IOT, which is the Internet of Things, will practically will see practically everything in our lives connected to the internet and, by extension, to the, the intelligence agencies who are tapped into it. It is becoming increasingly difficult to avoid to avoid an online presence as well as a social media fingerprint. So, what can be done to help preserve some kind of essence of privacy while online? Sadly, not a lot. But we can at least make an effort not to gift Big Brother so much of our precious data. No selfies or face photos. Deny apps access to your camera and microphone. Deny apps access to your physical geographic location. Use false details about yourself when creating accounts to access apps. And ultimately, stop falling victim to the peer pressure or marketing pressure to use certain apps. Sure, this aging app looks fun, but you've now given your biometric face data to, big tech, to a big tech company to use for whatever purpose they want. I guess it's now a matter of mindfulness. We must constantly tell ourselves that if our privacy and our data is so important that the CIA wants all of it, then it should be just as important, if not more important, to keep 
uh, to us to keep it secure and out of their hands. Um, and that's how I've summed up the article there. So what what's your thoughts, uh, Ethan, um, on this article I've just put up today? Yeah, mate. No, that was a great piece there. Um, it was um, really thought provoking, and obviously, you know, we've we've had a chat about these, as you said. The track and trace mm. is an ongoing series, mm. a great ongoing series that um, you've been going on the website here. But you're completely right, mate. I mean, as soon as I saw this new this new app emerge, it's exactly what you said. It, they've created a culture now within online media where a lot of people are subjected. They they use some of the things that we've spoken about previously, general, like groupthink and herd mentality and all of these things that humans are naturally subjected to in groups. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they're playing on that and they're playing on that to, to get our biometric data. It first started, obviously, with social media companies and, and now they're just every right left you know thing that's trendy is scanning your face and taking your details and this this app this this um what was it the old app you know makes you look like a hundred years older i'm sure everyone who's listening has seen that pop up it's almost become you know infuriating the amount that it comes up but um you see celebrities everyone from all over the world they said an estimated 150 million photos were uploaded to this since it dropped i reckon that's double by now yeah, absolutely. Like it's just it's absolute madness, yep. but everyone just goes along with a trend and then not realizing that this was a, a Russian backed company in the middle of nowhere that really just made this app that everyone's downloaded. Yeah. Do you yep. know who these people are? Do you know what they're what they who you know, what their names are, what they're doing with your data? As yeah. we've mentioned in the last segment, data is is, is more valuable than gold now, it is. General. It's the new so, currency. Exactly. So, you know, and, and we see even in traditional businesses that aren't for malice reasons, companies will do whatever they can to get your email address, to get you to sign up, to, to, you know, leave a link, whatever, so that they can either sell your data off to sales companies or to sell it off to, to other companies that might benefit. The same thing happens with the government and big tech. And, and then, as you said, once you look through the history of it, and, and look at the, the military, military and intelligence organizations that have been involved since the beginning of social media, you can start to understand exactly why this has been made. But I want to throw back to you, General. I want to know, like, obviously, this has been happening for a while, right? So, it's more, it's more likely they've nearly, already got... Nearly two decades, I think, yeah. Exactly. So, this, this type of thing's been going on for a while. Can I ask... Why do you think now that there's such a, a, a astronomical increase in, in the amount of apps and, and facial things that are available? And the reason I ask this is because I think is what they've done with obviously handing over passports and, and licenses and stuff general, I don't think that they've got as many people as they once thought. I think, I think that there's somewhat of a loophole. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people in country New South Wales, for example, that have never gotten a license in their lives. You know what I mean? There's no need to. They don't want that stuff. So what better way to get the rest of the population than to to drop, you know, and promote these funny little apps that these people might use instead of getting a license? It seems in my estimation that they're ramping up all of these apps now to get as many faces as possible for the IoT era for 5G for facial recognition. So it's all ready to go. That's what I think is happening because it, it's been an astronomical increase in, in the amount of apps. Snapchat was born, Instagram was born, all this stuff has been born, all specifically tailored to the face. 
So I want to throw it back to you, General, and just see, do, do you, you sort of see where I'm coming from from that? And what are your thoughts on on, on some of these phenomenons that have, have popped up over the last couple of years, mate? Yeah, absolutely. Like things like, you know, adding filters in these in these uh, apps that everyone's using and, you know, putting like a funny nose or ears on you and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so they're, they're like you said, they're all aiming at that capturing your face and yeah it's got to be you've got to be hold that camera right in front of you nice and still in the light so it can see you so it's got a perfect digital uh impression of your face and uploaded to their databases and uh look look since this technology's been out for such a long time like these tech companies and facebook and things yeah they've been out for uh what over 10 years now and and stuff like this so all the while the population has been aging. So our faces change, you know, we get new marks and, you know, freckles and moles and whatnot mm. on our faces. So our, our digital appearance does age a bit, you know, um, our skin changes, we gain weight, we lose weight. So all the while, all of these new programs that are coming out are, are updating, basically updating all of their archives of us. So they've got mm. photos of us from when we were a lot younger to right now with these new apps and things that are being created. So they have... That they've got, you know, they have. They don't just have one picture of us, and then that's our our file, you know, our picture that's on our file in their databases. They've got hundreds, if not thousands, of pictures of us from all age groups. You know what I mean? So they're tracking us mm-hmm. all the way through. Um, so to me, it's it's all more about, in my point of view, it could quite possibly be about just having a constant updated version of a of a face photo of you. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like. Some of these Facebook things, sense. yeah, they, they've, they've come out five years ago. You, you could have changed in five years' time. So let's see what you look yep. like now. Let's create a new app. Let's get, get a, you know, another dozen new photos of you and uh, add that to our archive of you and our online digital presence of, of you. You know, we, we sort of forget that we, we are a, a human individual, but we've also, they, they have, a I guess, in their eyes, another straw, straw man version of us, which is a digital presence of us. So they've got this digital mm-hmm. file of who they know as Ethan Nash and who they know as Lee Maddox, you know. And um, yeah. that's who they go to when they need to, to do whatever they want to do about us, whether it's reaching us via advertising, which they say and they use a lot for. But that, to me, is just a, a revenue stream for them. Um, you know, they've got all this yeah. information, this data on us. You know, if they want to make a little bit of money on the side and help it pay for itself and whatnot, well, then sure they'll they'll say to advertisers, yeah, you want you want to know what people in 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 Browns Plains in Logan City, Australia, uh, in the age group of thirty to fifty, uh, are doing at the time between this and where you know they can they can nut it down to whatever they want and then target an ad to reach me because they know I'm going to be sitting on the couch going through my feed at that particular time of day and boom there's yeah. the ad there's the ad they want me to see because of my age because of my gender because of the things I've said I like and the things I've liked on people's pages and the videos I've watched and I've held that. When an ad has popped up for, you know, something that I may be interested in, I've held the phone up to my face, the camera's watching me and the camera knows that I've held that video and watched that video all the way through. So then therefore they can say to the next advertiser, yeah, he likes these videos. They're going to target this person. They know this. This is what that's for. Um, and that's why I think that's that's a small part of it. But of course, it's, to me, it's about an updated online presence, con- continually updated online presence, hence all the new apps that keep coming out. Mm, yeah no that's a fantastic point there general it does make sense as you said that they've got a, a digital straw man version of us and as you said they could ch- you could change within five years you mm. might shave your head you might do whatever so 
that is definitely a fantastic point as to, you know, of course they're going to continue to update it. Um, and, and as I said, I think another element could be the fact that they're getting ready to roll out all of this facial recognition stuff. Oh, so they yes. need the most updated yeah. photo. Sorry, I forgot to connect that to that. Sorry, yeah, that was where I was going to, man. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, th- it's that's, a combination of both. Yeah, you know what I hence, mean? Hence it's, the, it's, the 5G we, rollout, hence the facial recognition for public transport, hence everything else because it's all there in place, ready to go. And you don't even you we don't even have to do anything. It's already there. And and bang, we're already under this big big spider web. Yeah, yeah. And once it once it's rolled out, they won't need to to release these apps and stuff anymore because they will be able to to get an update of us in real time all across the country as soon as we step out of our house with mm. the amount of CCTV cameras that are going to be in our CBDs, rural regions, the new smart city grid. This is what's happening. So, yeah, that's an absolutely great point there, General. Um, it's almost like they're they're stocking up to get the most latest digital version of ourselves so they can know who to target once all of this stuff um, you know truly rolls out within the next couple of yeah. years and then that's when it's going to come well, you know as soon it's, as it's like in china it's 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 so they have everything they need to to lock up the dissenters you know what i mean like or to mm-hmm. when the social credit system finally rolls out here they already know what score to put us on <laughs> Because you and I are the dissenters, you know what I mean? Like folks like us and people who speak out against the government, people who highlight all of this stuff. Well, we're already the dissenters and our social credit will be in a negative most likely and um, they'll be knocking on our door first, you know, so. (laughs) That's exactly what's going to happen. Like it's it's funny, but, you know, and and it's funny to us, I think, because we've probably covered it for so long that we've sort of accepted this sort of notion general, Mm, but it's it's what's going to happen, you know what I mean? If If it continues on... And something comes out like a social credit system, you're a, you've got bad social credit, you're not going to be able to fly, you're not going to be able to do trains, which will both be replaced with facial recognition, which we've seen in China. You know, you won't be allowed onto them. You won't be allowed to move in society. If you're an enemy of, of the government or a, or a person of target for any suspicion, you won't be able to go anywhere across the country um, because now these databases bypass, bypass state laws so you could run from queensland to tasmania and a camera will pick you up there and say ethan nash is right there and we know exactly where he is and you think you know where to go yeah and people think oh well i'll just i won't use public transport i'll just drive my own car well when they switch us over to things like you know an energy allowance you know what i mean that's what it'll be based on you'll you'll have an energy allowance and you once you've used up your energy allowance you won't be able to go and buy fuel for your car you know what I mean? Yeah. No matter if you want to pay cash or not, because they probably won't accept cash by that time. It'll all have to be, you have to scan your fingerprint or just look at a camera and it links it to your bank account and so forth and you just walk out. You just probably don't even have a, 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 a you know, a, a person inside to, to take money from you. It'll just be done at the Bowser. You know what I mean? Like, and if you don't have your, yeah. your, your energy certificates up to date or whatnot, then or you've used it all, and if you're you're that type of dissenter, you won't be given uh, as much energy <laughs> certificates to begin with. You know that's where it is. That's the, that's where we're going. That's this is already happening in parts of you know places like China now. Yeah, and as we said on to. previous, as we said on previous episodes, it's 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 commonplace over there now. Like it's not like some fantasy. It's it's commonplace over there. Like I, I see memes about it. You know what I mean mm. from Chinese friends that I have. You know what I mean talking about. 
you know, I saw one where it said um, it just had a shocked face and it said when you see his social credit score, you know what I mean? Like mm, they're already mm. – it's already a social thing over there where they're like, oh, you don't have the right credit score or whatever. So not only is it social conditioning and controlling, as you've said, General, once Agenda 2030 comes in and all of this sustainable development and 5G, it, it's not only a social thing, but it's going to be used as a tracker um, to surveil people of dissent as yep. it is in China right now. And these type of stories uh, are just the building blocks to to a bigger puzzle piece. So as you've said, and this is where I really liked what you put at the end of the article there, General, even though we are subjected to it, you can minimise the risk by doing things like not including your photos in, in your public profile photos, not giving, you know, if you don't have to give information about yourself, don't give information about yourself, deny apps you know, your location to your camera. You, you can do all of these things that mitigate yeah, your yeah. chances. There are you know some I mean? steps you're going around. Taken. Exactly. But if you're going around downloading face apps like this where you don't know where they're coming from, don't be surprised when that those biometric details end up in the hands of people that you don't want. I think that's the ultimate message here. And I'm, I'm glad that you put that in there as well, General. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, well, that about... Um that about wraps up those ones uh, that we wanted to come through and uh, talk about today, man. Um, the other few things I wanted to sort of mention as well, folks, is that uh, we've got a few guests lined up for some upcoming shows as well. Um, one is uh, in the UK, so we're going to have to sort of work out when we can all be online at the same time, you know, so we're not putting our guest overseas uh you know, not telling them to get up at four in the morning or, you know, we're getting up at, we'll try and do a show in the middle of the day when we're supposed to be at work or something. So we'll, we'll nut it out. Uh, we've got Chris Dunn lined up uh, with regards to, and this is a bit more out of left field and we're going to go down that avenue of, um, I don't know what we, you call it, but anyway, he's the, he's the geezer um, pyramid power plant kind of guy. So he's written books about all this information. So we're going to have a chat to him and, uh, take a I guess a bit of a, a swing at it left field there with regards to what we normally talk about and we don't I don't mind doing that it's good to kind of uh, hypothesize and, and go down these other avenues as well um, so it should be good yeah. good for the show and we're also got lined up the new uh, president of the uh, AVN as well which is um, the um, Australian vaccine risks network uh, here in Australia. Uh, Anita Halfmeister is the the new president there. So Anita's keen to, to get on and have a chat to us as well uh, and uh, talk right. all things vaccination once again, which we should probably do. We haven't done that for a while, so it'd be good to sort of put our finger back on that pulse as well. Mm. Mm. Uh, so that's coming, yeah, that's coming up for future shows. So yeah, everyone should uh, keep their eyes and ears out for those ones once they come up. Uh, and of course, make sure you're subscribed uh, put your email address in uh, over at uh, TOTT News so you get these uh, articles right in your email inbox rather than trying to rely on social media to feed them to you because you may not see them. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> same with uh, realnewsaustralia.com. Go over there and pop your email address in there, folks. Um, uh, again, I don't. We don't use any of our email, these emails for anything other than giving you an article that we've written and uh, and put up yeah. there as well. So. <laughs> Uh, that's yep. all it is. It's all it's used for. Um, please go and join up and become a member over at tottnews.com. Also over at thecrasfiles.com as well. Um, it's great to get those uh, the great work that uh, these two blokes are putting out there as well. So uh, if you want to throw a couple of bucks my way, I do have a, a PayPal thing you can 
you can support me with if you want. I don't care if you want to throw me a dollar or a billion dollars. It's up to you. Um, but yeah, look, uh, every little bit helps and it all goes towards um, keeping our websites uh, running and keeping these podcasts going because it's, yeah. f- it's not free. <laughs> it does cost us money, but we do it for you guys. So yeah, it'd be great if everyone can help us out and do what they can. It's, uh, it's great to have everyone on board. We've got heaps of listeners, heaps of downloads of the show. We've got... Um, Lots of subscribers and people following us on social media as well too. We are still, I'm still trying to branch out and and test things like um, MeWe and Minds. Um, I've been hearing a bit more about Gab as well. Uh, apparently, Gab is really good. Um, very much uh, sort of uncensored and 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 free to use uh, in terms of social media. However, they don't have an app, but people are saying, well, all you can do is just visit the the Gab website on your phone and sort of save that sort of link as an icon on your phone and you know it's you basically have an app to it there so um, i might Mm. try and and check that one out too and get on board with them just trying to see which one is the best you know what i mean and in terms of usage in terms of um you know my my our followers and uh you know giving us a bit of feedback saying i don't really like this one it's not good to comment you know don't i don't like what they do because i mean we're also used to twitter and facebook you know they obviously can't yeah. make something that's exactly the same because they'll get fucking sued into the ground. So they've got their own versions, their own style of doing things. But um, let us know and, and just throw us a comment here and there. And if, if you think one's better than the other, then then let us know. We'll try and use that a bit more and maybe phase the others out because we can't keep using Facebook, folks. Um, I've spoken about this before. Um, yes, it's good to try and we do reach a lot of new people and, and all that sort of stuff. However, they've... They've got the algorithms working against us over time. You know what I mean? Like our reach has, is severely cut down. You know, there's, I think Ethan's got about 5,000. I've got about 7,500. You know, add in Krasfile's, um likes as well. But the ultimate amount of people we probably, you know, really see our posts is probably under 1,000. You know what I mean? So it's really not that yeah. good. It's really bad. So uh, we want to we try and reach people even more. And I think um, getting off these sort of platforms is probably the way to go. And hey, um, we know they're tracking exactly. and traces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so get away from them as, as quick as possible, General. Couldn't yes. agree more. Yes. All right. Well, happy birthday once again to Ando, who will listen to this uh, when he plays it back when he has time. Um, so, yes. yeah, Happy so we'll, birthday, Andy. We'll get him on. Miss you, mate. Yes, we miss you for this one. We'll get you back on, and hopefully we can tee up one of these guests. Uh, I think Andy's actually trying to tee up Chris Dunn. He's really keen on that sort of stuff, so it'd be great to, to have Ando lead the podcast for that one as well. Um, but anything else yeah. from yourself, Ethan? You, you good to go, man? Yeah, all good, General. Just want to thank everyone for, for tuning in. Um, as always, you know, podcasts are a great medium just to, to mm. sit back and, and listen and, you know, feel like you're, you're involved. So we thank you for, for inviting us into your eardrums, so to speak, once again. Um, and as always, yeah. just head over to tottnews.com, realnewsaustralia.com. Check out all of the articles. Make sure you become a subscriber. Um, you know, as General said, flick us a couple of dollars if you want to see more content and help support our operations. And and other than that, we're just going to continue to put out more content. So yeah, we appreciate we'll your, your ongoing support. Yeah, we'll do yeah, it regardless. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, if you can help, you can help. That's awesome. Um, and also, it also helps too, guys, if you can actually like and um, give us a review of um, this podcast. Oh, that's what I wanted to do before we just sign off. I did want to quickly... Um, we have had a couple of reviews and stuff too, and I did promise I was... I was going to read them out you know, um, when people actually do them, so I'll just quickly bring them up now because it's people go out of their way to actually do this, so I've got to come good on my promise here and just give some um, give some kudos yeah. to the folks that have gone out of their way to do that for us, so it's great. Here we go. 
So we're sitting. We got fourteen five star reviews. How good's that? Wow. Yeah, no one star reviews so far. So that's great. All right. So second uh, of June by the Real Beetle. This is great to find an Australian podcast like this. Thanks, guys, for all your effort and time you put into making this great. Uh, back on the nineteenth of March. Love these guys by Tamba twenty four. I usually have to look outside of Australia for all my alternative news. I do not trust mainstream media to tell the truth. I love general knowledge podcasts. Great source of information. I must listen for all those who are living consciously with their eyes wide open. Keep them coming, General. Love your work. Um, back on the 18th of Feb, uh, Wake TF Up. Wake the fuck up by Shadowcaster 2. Nice to have an Aussie podcast on local issues. Need to publicize more to get it to the masses, the important issues and ripoffs in our society. Thanks for this. Of course, then Kraz has given us one. Um, Another one saying congratulations and getting okay. These are a bit old. Those ones I won't read. Those ones, but um, so there are there are reviews there. There's more ratings than there are reviews, but um, really appreciative of the folks that have actually done that. You know, we've got over a hundred subscribers on Podbean alone. Um, like I said, approaching the six and a half thousand download mark. So all in all, really good. Thanks again, guys, for your support, and um, please like and share the episode. Cheers. <laughs>